Welcome back to Stumps here. Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you. Talking the first tests. Australia at the moment uh, have Pakistan at three for 29 as we bring you the scores live from the first test at the Gabba. We're not at the Gabba. We're just watching it here. Wish we could be, but anyway, it's Wouldn't on. Wouldn't that be good? We should do that. Absolutely. We'll, we'll talk to the bosses. Yeah, yeah. Get let's, us to fly around the country. Let's get onto that, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Pakistan trailing by 311 runs, seven wickets remaining on day number three. Daniel Cherney's been watching every ball so far. He is with the age in Melbourne, and he joins us here on Stumps once again this season. Hello, Daniel. Good to be with you, Jordan. Bryce, good luck uh, with Hutchie on that one. <laughs> yeah, it ain't going to happen. He's doing it all. The whole budget's gone on him. Yeah. <laughs> um, what have you made so far of the, uh, the the first three days, or most of the first three days anyway, a couple of hours left uh, in day number three? But Australia clearly in the box position right now in the box seat. Um, what have you made of, of the first three days so far of this test match? Uh, it's really it's been a pretty brutal display from Australia, particularly days two and three. Um well, really, I suppose since since about lunch on day one, uh, Pakistan, their openers did pretty well uh, to get to lunch un, unbeaten on day one. But uh, the, the Aussies ripped through them in the second second um, session of that day, and uh, it was a, a little bit of a fight back on day three. But for the most part, this has been a an absolutely um, fearsome display from Australia. Real classic, um, real, real sort of classic Gabba demolition job. Um, sort of uh, very much uh, a, a throwback to uh, the days of. Um, Sort of, of, of my childhood when, they, when the Aussies routinely just beat up on um, whoever was uh, was touring uh, the Gabba and, and set the tone for, for the whole summer. Uh, this, this has been quite, you know, it brings back the memories of a few tests. But that one where they, um, actually the one where Gillespie and McGrath made all those runs against New Zealand, it's very similar to that actually, sort of New Zealand making a modest first innings total um, and Australia making a huge total and then Australia just um, taking early wickets and then looking set for a huge innings win. In victory, so very similar here. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been one-sided, and um, and uh, really Australia have done very little wrong, and Pakistan have done not much right. Daniel, you make a good point that it, it has been well, all Australia's going. But in that first session, when Pakistan went out there and they left the ball, they were so disciplined at the way they played. I thought, hold on, hold on, that they've they've really unlocked the key to playing at the Gabba early. But then it was followed up with a whole lot of rash shots and they collapsed pretty quickly. Mm. It's nearly indicative of of Pakistan when the pressure gets applied. They can hold on for some time, but then it just all, all, the the floodgates really open up. Yeah, I think you're right, Bryce. Um, They haven't shown a a lot here. Pakistan, um, the middle order has crumbled. You know, Babar Azam, we know he's such a talented player. I mean, he he probably, I think he probably typifies it more than more than anyone. He's such a talented. Player um, with the and his white ball record is so excellent, but it just hasn't been able to, to make it make it click in uh, in Test cricket so far. Um, and, and you know his, his his shot on day one sort of summed that up a little bit. Um, I think just generally though um, Australia's superiority in these conditions and just you know the conditions clearly playing a factor. Um, the extra bounce, um, you know, you're right. They were, they, the openers were watchful in, in the first session, but um, so as once Cummins. Particular, uh, you know, Stark and Hazelwood two got going. It was really it, it became pretty pretty um, grim viewing for for Pakistani fans, uh, and um, you know they were added for what was it, 240, which given that they were unbeaten at uh, lunch, um, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a pretty bad result. But, I mean, they, they did show a bit in that tour match that they they could apply themselves. They had a, a big partnership there, 
what was that Sarchafik and, and Baba that they, they went on and batted for a long period of time. But um, there's just uh, it, it's pretty brittle here, um, Pakistan, and um, like so many sides of the journey, they, they just haven't been able to, to last for an extended period of time at the Gabba. Did there look like there was a uh, a clear mental shift from? Pakistan after that lunch break on day number one as well. I mean, you say that the Australian bowlers got on top, and I don't deny that because the, the pitch was doing a bit for the fast bowlers. But to me, they also looked like I, I felt that there was, you know, they went into the sheds at lunch and came back out wanting to play a different way instead of continuing on with what the openers were doing in that first session on day number one. And they tried to play a bit more expansively, and that's how they ended up toppling over. Is that? Do you reckon that's true or... Or was it just purely down to the to the Australian bowlers doing so well? Oh no, I, th- I think you're. I think you've, you've got a pretty good point there, Jordan. I, I think Australia. Um, I think Australia had, had been had, didn't deviate too much from their early plans, and they were pretty consistent across um, all of day one um, with, with their lines and lengths, and just sort of um, and just try, and, and sort of you know watch rinse and repeat, and just making um, making Pakistan, you know, forcing Pakistan to as a false strokes. Was sort of yeah, putting pressure on Pakistan to make the mistakes, and and and, um, and when one sort of fell, they all, um, you know, clearly they all, all, all fell on pile. And I think um, that was when um, the application of the opener that the openers had during the first session wasn't necessarily there, um, or probably wasn't there during the second session. Um, so while there was some some, some craft, some crafts and goals shown by the Aussie bowlers, um, you know, clearly it's, it's a combination of both, and um, Pakistan um, went up to it. So you know whether that's a you know, who knows what you put that down to? Whether it's just um, you know a lack of application, whether it's, it's a mental failing, or it's a technical failing, um, whatever it was, it, uh, they clearly weren't up to it, um, and um, and the results were there for all to see uh, you know, pretty quickly. Daniel, do you think a story out of this is maybe the success of the selectors that they've they've made a change at the opening position, and Joe Burns rewarded them handsomely with a ninety-seven, and um, obviously he was devastated not to uh, to, to make a hundred, but also with Marnus Labashane uh, that they've they've showed a lot of faith in him. They, they've spoken about his resilience. So are the selectors on the right path here to getting that that formula right, for, particularly for our top six bats? The bowlers pick themselves, but for the top six bats. Yeah, no, I think you're right, Bryce. I think Australia's selectors, uh, it's a national pastime and um, to, to pot the selectors, and that's understandable. Everyone's got an opinion, and, 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 it's, and it's good. It's healthy for Australian cricket when people care about the test side enough that they have opinions and don't don't like people, certain people on the team, while others there. Um, but I think um, overall, the selectors have done a pretty solid job in the last twelve months. Um, I mean, I think the, probably the most controversy ahead of this test was the inclusion of Cameron Bancroft in the 13, but yeah, he's not playing. Um, and Burns, I think, uh, he's shown again that he, you know, he's backed up his, his pretty solid record in Australian conditions. Um, he's got you know, a test average of 40 heading into the test, so um, he, he's, he's a reasonably proven player. He probably hasn't quite done it consistently enough um, across Shield Cricket and International Cricket to sort of be an absolute block, and that's why others have got a look in across the journey. Um, but I think, you know, he, at the, very, at the moment, is sort of the, um, he was the least, um, yes, I, I don't think he'd made an absolutely compelling case to be selected, but he'd probably done a le- had the least crosses against him. Um, yep. And, therefore, and, 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 you know, and back that up. I mean, admittedly, you know, this is not, this is not um, just cricket, it's an absolute pinnacle. Uh, Pakistan at the Gabba, that, that, you know, you should be making runs against Pakistan at the Gabba, really, because they're, on the middling side, and this is a fortress for Australia, and this is where 
Australian players should should thrive. But it's, it's a very good start from Joe Burns. Marnus, I think, is, is one um, is, is, a, is an excellent point. I think he um, there was a lot of controversy around his selection initially in ahead of the Pakistan series last year. I think people forget that he. Um, I heard a commentator today say, you know, he made his debut against India last year. You know, he played those two tests against Pakistan and the UAE. That's right. Um, uh, but then, uh, and then brought back about number three against India, which was on the back of not many shield runs. And that was seen to be, <clears throat> excuse me, a controversial selection. And uh, he sort of was, was gritty in that match without going on with it. And then uh, people thought, oh, what's he doing in the Ashes squad? But he made so many runs for Glamorgan um, and he worked hard in his technique and managed to master his English conditions and, uh, got his opening, as we know, at Lords after Steve Smith's uh, injury, and you know the, the rest was history. They had, had an excellent Ashes series after that. And, but you know, came into this this Test uh, on the back of a couple of low scores in Shield cricket of, of, of late, um, and I, I, I think it was really important that he made the big century first up because for all he had done in the Ashes and a little bit against Sri Lanka last year, he's yet to to make a Test century, and that, that had been what. Uh, that have been his eighth or ninth test, so you know it's starting to mount. You know, if he just if he missed out again, um, I feel like that would have been would have been elephant on his um, or, you know monkey on his back. But yep. uh, clearly, that's not the case. He went on and really uh, made it count 185, and he looked devastated to be out for 185. He was in shock when he got out, having edged one. Um, so uh, I mean, he's a guy who's clearly very hungry for runs, which is great for Australia for that long. Um, and he looks like he's going to be a test player for a long time now. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think, well, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to, I was agreeing with you that I, I certainly think he will be, and we've probably just seen the making of him. We've seen the development from, as you said, and you, you painted the history picture so beautifully, which is what he's come through, and we, we've been, we want more, you know, show us a bit more. And but it's he's been, been, able it's to been a very quick development as well from, from point A to point B to now. It's been a very quick development for Marnus Lavashane over that time. Indeed, it has. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, you know, I think you, I think you're right, guys. He's been, um, and the selectors have been vindicated. I mean, sometimes you know, it was probably a the stats probably didn't comply. I mean, his stats were always a little bit better. I think people gave him credit for. Like he, he'd actually had a reasonably, he, he certainly hadn't been a terrible domestic player for Queensland. Um, he'd, he'd been a pretty good player without absolutely dominating. Um, so maybe he used picks slightly earlier than the stats would otherwise suggested. But um, you know, it was one of those. Um, so it's hunch calls, and um, you know we criticise the selectors when they they miss on some of these, but um, they clearly struck with this one. Um, so all credit to them. So Steve Smith would be on the outer. He's failed. That that'll be uh, <laughs> it'd be some pressure on Steve Smith now, wouldn't it? But <laughs> is that yeah, the, well, is that on the newspaper tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think actually um, I, I would expect to, to read a little bit about. Um, Yassir Shah, who actually went for a double century today, but he actually, I think he's got Steve Smith seven times in Test cricket, so he is one yeah. player that does seem to have Smith's measure. Um, I think that's a, you know that's over a fair period of time, but um, I'm clearly uh, obviously but you're being facetious there. Yeah, um, of course. But, he, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it is, it, is, it is funny, but I suppose it shows he is only human, and um, it's it's a very healthy sign for Australian cricket Last. that um, Steve, Steve Smith can make the lowest score of Australia's team and uh, the Aussies are still you know, making, making an enormous total and a, and a set for a crushing win. It's, um, it's a great sign. Last one, uh, Daniel. The, um, the the Pakistan team, especially the bowling attack, well, the, the most of the team anyway we know is very inexperienced, but the bowling uh, lineup in particular with uh, Nassim Shah, the 16-year-old, and Imran Khan, who is uh, 32 but hasn't played too many tests either. Um, 
the talk around the, the, the build-up to the match and the selection of the Pakistan team, a lot of focus on Muhammad Abbas and whether they would pick him or whether they would go with the 16-year-old Nassim. Um, Abbas left out. Where, what's your thoughts on, on that? And was that a major blunder in hindsight from, from Pakistan to leave him out of their, their lineup? Oh, look, of course, it's always easier in hindsight. Uh, and I think you've got to preface that whenever you comment on these things. But um, oh, to me, it looks like a ridiculous call. I mean, he... Uh, he mightn't have been quite at his best of the last 12 months. He's had some injuries. They thought he wasn't bowling as well in the nets. But he is, you know, he's a world-class bowler. Uh, he, I think he was ranked as high as number three in, in the test bowling rankings uh, around 12 months ago. I mean, he destroyed Australia in the UAE last year. Just make them look, make, make them look silly. Um, and, you know, these aren't conditions, you know, you expect you go over the UAE, it's all the spinners that dominate. It was a, it was a guy who doesn't bowl particularly fast. He bowls on 120s, but he's just... Just that 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 seam and, and, and a little bit of movement, and just and, and and the precision, it's just masterful. Um, so there's a really good piece actually um, for your listeners uh, on Quick Info by um, Pakistani uh, journalist Osman Samyuddin, who's an outstanding writer and knows more Pakistani cricket than pretty much anyone. Uh, he um, he really uh, nailed this point about the, the decision to pick Imran Khan ahead of a bus. Uh, I think that the selection of Nassim is understandable. He wants some, some pace and you know, yeah. some variation with Shaheen, who bowls left arm. But Imran Khan, only himself bowling one twenty, you know, high one twenties, one thirties, a little bit quicker than um, and took the five in, in Perth. But oh, it's just hard to believe that they could leave out a guy of a bus's quality. And um, you know, we, we sit here with Australia having made five hundred and eighty, and it's hard to suggest that it was a wise decision to leave him out. Well, there's no, de- no doubt that a bus will come in. The next test is in Adelaide. It's a day-night test. It, the ball will be moving around. He yeah. is an absolute lock for the next test. Would you suggest that? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's, it's, well, uh, they can't possibly go with the same combination. Uh, you know, it'd be hard to see them going with the same combination. And I think you're right. It's, it's, those are the conditions where you'd imagine someone like that um, would, would succeed. Um, so I tend to agree. And, yeah, it'll probably be at the expense of... Um, uh, of Imran, I mean, potentially they could go look at, you know, I mean, Shaheen wasn't, uh, Shaheen was probably the pick of the bowlers today. Nassim uh, took the wicket um, of, um, of Warner really, uh, but really none of them, none of them particularly damaging clearly because they, you know, he's just gone on and made 580. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think we can pretty safely expect to see Mohamed Abbas playing at, at Adelaide Oval next week. Daniel, pleasure talking to you again uh, this afternoon on Stumps. Enjoy the rest of uh, what remains of the Test match and the rest of the summer as well. I'm sure we'll speak to you again over the course of the next few weeks. Thank you, mate. Pleasure, guys. Have a good one. Dan Journey there from The Age uh, in Melbourne. Uh, so we'll keep you up to date with what's been happening and what will happen in the Gabba at the moment with uh, day number three winding down to a close. Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you here on Stumps. After the break, though, we'll turn our attention to the Women's Big Bash League and chat with Amelia Kerr from the Brisbane Heat. They've been enjoying a very good season on top of the WBBL, so we'll get uh, a bit of a word of what's been happening inside the camp for the league leaders so far. This is Stumps. Jordan and Bryce returning next.